Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what was it? You can. What was it? You can hit the sheets or hit the streets and pay me no never mind. That's right. <laughs> uh, black dynamite. <laughs> dynamite. Dynamite. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. Welcome everybody to the Lazy Geeks podcast here on the Lazy Geeks Network. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Uh, so we back after a week off felt pretty good. Uh, yeah. al- although, uh, coming back to a really sad story to start off the podcast. Um, so this broke, uh, tonight while we're recording, um, Sunday, uh, Nintendo president Satoru Iwata has passed, um, on Saturday, July 11th. It was announced through Nintendo in a online statement on Sunday, he was 55. Uh, The statement read, uh, Nintendo Corp Limited uh, deeply regrets um, to announce that President Satiro Awada passed away on July 11, 2015 due to a bile duct growth. In other words, he had cancer. Um, He was forced to skip uh, last year's uh, E3 2014 due to his health issues. He was having an operation on the growth. Uh, He took some time off uh, from Nintendo, uh, but eventually came back later. Uh, Why this is such a a really big deal is because he came up through the ranks in Nintendo. Uh, He also was there for the 3DS boom and the Nintendo Wii uh basically revolutionizing gaming at that point uh and uh he this last e3 you know nintendo didn't uh didn't come to 
didn't come, but they did their Nintendo Direct. And Awada is one of was one of those presidents that always engaged the public. Yeah. Yeah, like he ne- he was always heavily featured in those Nintendo Direct programs. He also had a, a a little web series called Iwata Asks, where he would talk to developers and and. Uh, but you know, he he has a big saying where he was saying on his business card, he's a a, C, uh, a president. That, you know, he always in his in his mind, he's always you know he was a designer, but in his heart, he's a gamer, and. Uh, it, it's it's very sad. Um, he's he became director of the company in 2000 and in 2002 was appointed as, um, as the only fourth president of Nintendo. Which, you know, you look at anything nowadays. A lot of American companies they've had so many different presidents. It's like you can't even keep track. Yeah, and Nintendo keeps pretty like they don't change change well, the god too much. Yeah, well, he was also the first president that wasn't part of the family. Yeah, the um, Yamauchi family, I think. Um, so you know he and in an article on Kotaku, it said he oversaw some of the strongest, the Wii, the DS, and the weakest, the GameCube and the Wii U. Um, so he's been there through ups and downs, and uh, the the thing is, is because he's been so outgoing with fans of Nintendo, uh, he, he's he's been a staple. So it's kind of like you you know. Losing him, you're just like, whoa, you know, this is, this is a guy who's been there, you know, and so it's, he wasn't that old too. He was only fifty five. Yeah, when uh, when Steve told me that he had passed away, and this was this was earlier today, a few hours ago when he told when Steve told me, um, I hadn't seen the news. I for the rare occasion where I was just speechless, I didn't have anything to say. Like I was like, <laughs> what, you know, because. And Steve's very much into into acting and and, and uh, into into the art form of film. So sometimes an actor will die, and Steve will be like kind of taken back. And I'm kind of like, oh, you know, that sucks, you know, because I'm not as much into it. But this was one of my moments because that's the big piece of my childhood, you know, and stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it sucks. I'm yeah. tired. Everybody fucking dying. If everybody could just calm down. <laughs> I know it's. I know when you start seeing it and just like, it was weird too because I, you know, it's, it's Sunday, so you know, not really doing anything, just prep the show and stuff like that. And I grab my phone and I'm just looking through Facebook, and all of a sudden I see the first one that says like, you know, uh, Nintendo president passes. I was like, what? And I look at it. I'm like, oh shit. And the first thing I do is I'm like, I, I send it right to Adam. And it was just like, because, you know, I, I, with last year, you know, I remember hearing about that for the last year, but I just, you know, I don't know. It just, I guess, totally escaped me. Like it just kind of came out of nowhere, Yeah. you know? So it's, uh, it's a very deep loss, especially anybody that's into gaming. And, you know, we include everybody, including us, we make jokes about Nintendo and, and, you know, and things like that. It's not just that we hate Nintendo. It's because we love Nintendo. We want to see it come back to its glory. And um, this is going to be... This is going to be a real struggle. To find out who's going to take over the reins. and Because then it's... You have to kind of put it in perspective too. Because an American company, they always have someone as like... That's going to take the reins. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what's because because they change at the drop of a hat. Yeah. The Japanese companies tend to be a little bit more traditional, 
And and I think, especially with Nintendo being such a family uh, company too, it's it's going to be almost to the level of like a new pope. Like it's just yeah. going to be it's going to be crazy to see who takes over. And also too, um, maybe a light at the end of the tunnel from something bad. We might see a, a direction change for Nintendo overall with someone. Um, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not bad mouthing anybody here. I'm just saying that we might. We might see some new stuff coming from Nintendo. Yeah, might naturally see. I mean, look what happened when Microsoft, uh, Bill Gates stepped down and stuff like that. And even um, when Balmer stepped down. You yeah, know. It, it complete 180 yeah. on how they how they acted. So, um, it's going to be an interesting time to say the least. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it is a it is a sad day for Nintendo fans. So it's you know, there's no joke here. That's just. Yeah, how it is. So, on that, I think uh, we'll just jump right into the news. So, in TV and movie news, uh, Elodie Young is no Jennifer Garner, but she will do. Uh, Marvel announced on Tuesday that they are not only going to bring Elektra in in the second season of Daredevil, but they have already cast the role. Young, whose past credits include G.I. Joe Retaliation, uh, which we'll forgive her for, as well as uh, District 13 Ultimatum, which actually was a pretty good movie, uh, has been cast in the, as the role of the assassin. On Monday, it was announced that production had begun on the second season of Daredevil as set photos of Froggy and Matt were snapped in New York. Production would have begun as soon as the second season is slated for release in 2016. Uh, Young will be playing the exotic girl that Matt knew in college, which was mentioned in season one of the series. Quote, after a worldwide search, we found in Elodie the perfect actors to embody both Elektra's impressive and deadly physicality, as well as her psychological complexity, said executive producer and head of Marvel Television, uh, Jeff Loeb. Paired with Char- uh, Charlie as Matt Murdock, the two will become one of the most beloved and tumultuous comic book relationships to life with all of the accompanying sparks and spectacular action sequences uh, the show is known for. Um, now, there is, it's obviously because it is Marvel, it's still unclear how she fits into the already kind of big storyline of the Punisher <laughs> being in uh, season two. But uh, we'll have to check it out. And I'm excited for it because the whole Electra Daredevil dynamic has always been fun. Yeah. You know, it's that, you know, Catwoman, Batman kind of thing. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. And, and, and um, I, maybe a little less comical, but still, um, I'm very interested in seeing how, I'm just interested in seeing the second season. Oh, man. I don't give a fuck who's in it. <laughs> They could put Bozo the fucking clown in the damn thing. I just want to see it. You know, it's 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 um, how are they going to top the first? You know, that's yeah. the big question. So, because the first really, and I I thought this was really smart for Marvel to do. The first season kind of plays like a really long movie. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because you have there's a there's a there's the main bad guy. And the resolution is at the last season. They could almost end it there, and it would be completely satisfying. If you think about it, it was like a twelve-issue miniseries. It really? Was, yeah, it was like a, yeah. It's it, it, no. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say yeah. It it, it felt like you were reading a twelve-issue miniseries. All the pieces leading up to to the big end, and then of course the big fight at the end. Um, wow. But the the great thing about the series is because it was. You know, you could tell it was a lower budget kind of show. Like they didn't have the money that they could do for a 
you know, big movie, it still was awesome because of the fact that they did so much with so little. The the enclosed fight scenes, you know, or you know, that fight scene in the hallway, which I think perfectly just summarized the whole movie. Um, they just found really, really awesome ways to tell stories. And I, and I think if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Could, have, could do it that way, it'd be a stronger show for it. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to interesting news. Uh, uh, so... this is, this is, you know how, I, well, for like my generation, <laughs> Princess Leia in the gold bikini was kind of what, you know, turned young boys into young men, you know. This is going to be the. This is going to be this generation's. Yeah. Um, well, if you if you grew up right, my generation turned into men with a, a previous movie this actress was in. Um, so, we've all been you know discussing Spider Man coming to the Marvel universe and all that, and and now we're starting to hear you know what Sony's got planned, and of course Marvel's given them a hand on uh, stories and stuff like that. Um, so the the Spider-Man standalone is it's not coming out until 2017. Uh and who knows if that will get pushed back. So, you know, don't worry about it right now, but they're doing casting, trying to get everybody in order. Um and they've cast Marissa Tomei hmm. as Aunt May. Ugh. So it's interesting to me because Aunt May seems to keep getting younger and hotter <laughs> the more they cast her. And there was even a meme where it showed the one from the original movies, Sweet Old Lady. Yeah. And then it showed the one from the previous Spider-Man films. Where, yeah. who, who was the actress? It was name? Sally Field. Yeah, and she's, she's older, but she's, like, she looks all right. Yeah. You know? And now it's Marissa Tomei. And the next one, 2025, it was fucking Megan Fox. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it just, it's weird. You know? yeah. But um, one, I mean, hotness aside, Marissa Tomei is a very talented actress yes um, i've seen her bring it, it's interesting because when when i first heard the news i was like marissa tomei and for me marissa tomei i think of my cousin Vinny. oh yeah which as silly of a movie that is it's, it's an amazing movie yeah yeah you know? one, um, one, one of my personal faves yeah right and it it, it kind of it struck me at that moment that i never really realized how versatile her skills are <laughs> Because she's played so many roles that are so dramatically... It's almost like she's under the radar. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with because she was so hot. That tends to happen with hot chicks. doesn't matter how fucking talented they are. They only remember how they looked. Well, Um, one of the most recent movies I saw with her was uh, Crazy Stupid Love with Steve Carell. And she... He breaks up with the... He's getting a divorce with his wife. I think it's Julianne Moore. And uh, they're trying to kind of be out there. And he ends up going uh, – he gets tutored by Ryan Gosling on how to pick up women. And one of the first women he picks up – look like Ryan Gosling? Is that the only – is that the tip that he gave him? <laughs> yeah, basically. He's like, he goes, no, you got, it, it's, it's hilarious because he's, he's so – it's such a, a, a cool – like when he sits uh, – when he's, he gets uh, Steve Carell in a whole new wardrobe, Ryan Gosling goes – what kind of shoes are those? He goes, oh, these are these are New Balance. He's like, oh, he goes, you know who wears New Balance? Nobody. Are you Steve fucking Jobs? Did you invent Apple? Did you invent the iPhone? No, you don't fucking wear those shoes. And um, so he gets them all dressed up. And the first woman Steve Carell picks up is Marissa Tomei. And you don't, you know, he doesn't call her afterwards. And she, and he comes to find out later, 
she is his daughter's teacher and they have parent teacher nights. So he's there with his soon to be ex-wife and he didn't know it. So there's just like this big awkward scene and she's so fucking good in that in that scene of like the completely like, wow, you fucking lied to me about everything <laughs> and, and still gorgeously hot, but so fucking good. And that scene, I'm just really like going like, wow, I'm, I'm totally gonna like this one. Marissa Tomei too stands out to me, especially when I was younger and she was younger. Um, <laughs> it, she stands out to me because she's not the typical hot, very Italian looks. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's it's striking, strikingly Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there is no doubt <laughs> where her her ancestors. Uh, came from um which is a good thing because italian right. women tend to be extremely pretty They're like white latinas <laughs> um so but like i said hotness aside i am curious to see the direction here because i don't think they're gonna dress marissa tomei like an old lady no nah. so i i know she's in her 50s i think she's 50 actually but she doesn't look 50 you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's And the only reason we know Aunt May's supposed to be old is just strictly by the comics. You Not know? just by the comics, the first movies too. Well yeah, the first movie was based on the old comics, you know, the the, the Yeah, that's true. The original comic books. And even when they did the ultimate version, like she was a little younger but she still had white hair. You yeah. know, and I mean, like you said, you know, how are are, are we gonna find out that her biological clock is ticking like this? <laughs> You know, or or that she knows how to fix a sink. That was my favorite scene because <laughs> she was so sexy about it when she's explaining how to fix a sink. I was like, ah, fuck, I I know what, I don't even know what she's talking about. Um, I bet no, she, but she tastes horrible. Horrible, <laughs> <laughs> tastes horrible. Um, the my whole family loves that movie because when we all moved to Arizona, that movie brought back a bit of nostalgia just with the accent and stuff like that. But anyway, um, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. And I I really do think this casting is they're trying to make, I think Aunt May is going to have a much more impactful role in the film. Yeah. Um, Because the little old lady thing only goes so far. Right. Until you're just, she's just baking cookies or she has the occasional, wisdom to share but she's not really involved you can't involve an old lady in fucking action because everyone's gonna be like what the hell is she doing there (laughs) exactly well like what happened in spider-man 2 when aunt may was kidnapped by doctor uh by dr octopus it was like you would have broke something (laughs) my heart was pounding that entire time it just because the the lady that i don't know her name but the lady they had playing Aunt May in in those first two films was just such like the definition of a grandma that would make you like an apple pie when you came over. Right. Like you're just so sweet and innocent, you know? Yeah. And and she's just like getting ripped out of windows. Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Don't hurt her. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? You evil fucking bastard. <laughs> it's children and old ladies. You don't do it. <laughs> but uh Oh, yeah, man. so Marissa Tomei is, is going to be on May. And like I said, soft release. I say soft because this is so far out. It's bound to change. Well, some people um, are wondering if she may appear with Peter in Civil War. Yeah, that could be. I don't, think she, I don't think she will. 
I don't know, because uh, what's his, well, yeah, it could be, or it could be a quick shot of her. Who knows? You know, we, it, you know, if with, anything, it's a quick shot. I I don't think she's gonna even have. I don't even think they'd give her a speaking role in Civil War because you're putting too much focus on Spider-Man at that point. Yeah, and Spider-Man's only a key player in an ensemble of people right. in Civil War. So, um, but you know, that's just me theorizing. But like I said, July twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen, um, and I also said don't mock your calendars because it's gonna change. Ooh, so will we get to see Aunt May's sudden bathing? You know, during the summertime, like we see Aunt May like fall into the arms of another man because she's so sad. Yeah, that um, that. I'm thinking of Marissa Tomei now sunbathing. I can't remember <laughs> Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, just making me, just making me forget serious information. Folks. All right, uh, fawning over fucking Marissa Tomei. Oh man. <laughs> uh, when I heard Marissa Tomei, I just kept thinking of all of my cousin Vinny. I love that movie. That man. movie is. I wonder if it's on. Hey, by the way, and this is, has nothing to do with what we're talking about because that's my mo all the time. Um, I was on Netflix today, uh-huh. and I don't know when they did this, but it's a completely different Netflix in content because a lot of stuff's gone, but a lot of stuff is there now. Oh yeah, like Grandma's Boy. Yeah. Um, if, if if you would follow my uh, new releases on Netflix streaming, you don't have time for that. Okay. <laughs> I just it was like a shock moment. I was like, Grandma's boy, Terminator. I was like, what the fuck? There's so many movies to watch. Eighty nine Batman. That's back on there too. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. When that was on before, I'd watch it like once a month. I love that fucking movie. All right. I'm sorry. I'm not I need a moment alone, boys. All right, so going on to gaming news. Speaking of which, perfect segue, actually. Um, we've all heard the stories about how bad the PC version of Batman Arkham Knight was or is. Although it's not a surprise to some people about the quality control of the game over a year ago. Many reviews, as well as ourselves, could not believe how stunning the game looked on consoles. However, the PC version of the game was expected to be stellar and holding at 60 frames per second. Although some testers are voicing their grievance in regards to Warner Brothers' surprise of the PC's version's performance. Quote, I will say that it's pretty pretty rich for WB to act like they had no idea the game was in such horrible state, said one quality assurance tester who worked on the game for years told Kotaku. It's been like this for months, and all the problems we see now were exact same unchanged almost a year ago. Two sources speaking to the site talk about the PC version of the game was in trouble from the start. Not only that, but the fact that they could not get the console version to work for the game. Uh, the sources did cite that's not WB's intentions to screw over customers, but they felt the game was, quote, good enough. Last Wednesday, now keep in mind, this story is over. This came out while we were on break. Right. Uh, the studio suspended sales of the PC version and had opted to give customers refunds and promised to write uh, to do right by them in a statement. Quote, 
We want to apologize for those who are experiencing performance issues with Batman Arkham Knight on PC. We take these issues very seriously and have therefore decided to suspend future sales of the PC version while we work to address these issues to satisfy our quality standards. We greatly value our customers and know that while they are um, a significant amount of players who are enjoying the game on the PC, we want to do whatever we can to make it a better experience for the PC players overall. It's not unusual for developers to hold back a PC version months after the console version of the game is released. That happened with Rockstar when they did Grand Theft Auto V, which was released in 2013 for consoles and just came out earlier this year for PC. Uh, some of the This would prevent some glitches, as pointed in the articles, that the capped frame rate was actually 30 frames per second, while NVIDIA released a marketing video showing the game at 60 frames per second, a workaround for the cap frame rate was found by editing the file within the game. Quote, getting it to work on consoles was impossible for months, said our, um, said our tester source. That's part of why the game got delayed so many times, that they were totally unprepared on how hard it was on the next-gen consoles. We reported, we reported literally thousands of bugs that were specific to the PC version relating to the frame rate, said our QA source. All sorts of fucked up texture issues. The Batmobile in particular was always fucking things up on the PC. Overall, it seems that the focus of the um, for on the next-gen consoles, keeping plots from leaking and various other issues, kept the PC version from being decent. I say decent as the game has pretty much uh, that was pretty bad. Saying that the game is decent is saying that it's pretty bad for, of a company to actually pull it from Steam. Uh, in the end, as much as PC gamers hate it. There should be a delay between consoles and game, PC gaming for quality. Either that, or simply have a um, have many have as many people focused on the PC as on the console. One of the things that was in the original story from Kotaku was that they explained that uh, that uh, Warner Brothers and Rocksteady focused so much more people on the console versions that they didn't they kind of pushed the PC version off to the side. And they tried to get it to work so well on the consoles, and then they split it up amongst different groups to try to keep the plot contained. You know how people leak shit all the time? So that's what kind of left it to, you know, kind of the result that they have. And even it just came out this, this last week that uh, with the new Batgirl DLC that's supposed to drop for the game, uh, Warner Brothers is holding that on the PC until the PC issues are fixed. So they're not even going to drop the new... DLC, which makes sense. I mean, yeah. why would you drop it if you're not even selling the original game anymore? Well, I was I was a little bummed out that they're because they're holding they're holding back on the DLC for the consoles as well. I think at least that's how I read it. Mm. Right? Yeah. I I thought it was. Com- I don't think I thought it was for the consoles too. But either way, I was when I first I was oh, it fucking sucks because I thought it was for the consoles. But then I was like, well, even even if they did release for the consoles before and then held off on the PC, that would kind of suck. Yeah. Like, it would be kind of like a slap in the face. Like, oh, we haven't fixed the game yet. And by the way, everyone's really enjoying the Batgirl DLC. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> but I was bummed out because my, um, my, my kids, my girls want to play the Batgirl DLC. But I don't know, man. After playing this game, I don't know how dark that Batgirl DLC is going to get. <laughs> Because well, was, they were playing it for a little bit, and um, and then they were having a good time just driving around and shit. And then 
I was playing my save game and they were sitting there and I saw what was happening. <laughs> I'm not going to ruin anything. And I saw what was going to happen. Right. And when Batman is emotionally like conflicted, it's time for the children to go to bed because <laughs> something, something's happening, you know? So, um, that's such a, it's such a great game. Though. I'm really loving it, but I hope they sort it out. I think it was, it, it was a, it was really bad decision to release the game if you knew there was a problem because it's not unheard of to release a PC version late. Yeah, because that's because you know? uh, even Rockstar said because people you know how people were bitching about like oh fuck you know they're gonna why can't we get the P, the GTA Five with everybody else why do we have to wait a um, a year and a half most likely because like Rockstar they didn't really I think we talked about that they probably really didn't work on the PC version. No, they and, focus on the con because the console one's making the most amount of money. Right, and then they drop the PC uh, after they work on it, and then drop. So then it's like a, a significant focus. Because to be honest, what have you really heard about GTA PC issues? Mostly just GTA Online, you know, but not yeah. about the actual game. So that's yeah, the game. The game itself is solid. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I I just think, but oh, go back to my point that I was trying to make the. Yeah, they made an initial mistake of releasing it when it wasn't ready, but I think pulling it off of Steam was a really good decision in a couple of ways. One, you pull it off of Steam so you don't have more people complaining that your game's fucked up. Right. And then also it kind of showed it, it was it was like you know how they say a man a man should own his mistakes. You know, you make a mistake, you make a fucking mistake, you shouldn't try to get around it or blame somebody else. Right. You see that a lot mm -hmm. in companies. Like they'll be like, "Oh, well, it's uh this guy fucked it up." It's, nope, that's not what they did. They said, "Look, it's fucked up. We made a mistake. We're pulling it until we have a quality product." Yeah. And I respected that. You know what I mean? Like I was like, not many companies do. You don't see Ubisoft doing that shit. Yeah, I know, right? You know, so it, you know Look, what I mean? It, like, not to pick it, on Ubisoft. I'm just saying. And you're going to sit there, t you know, anybody who sits there and goes, "Oh, fuck Ubisoft. J Unity, okay? Let's just go, you know. That's you know, that's that's all I have to say. I don't even have to add to that. You know, yeah. it's it's just I just thought that was a really good a really quality gesture. And I'm sure it's missed on a lot of the younger gamers. Mm -hmm. But I think older people a little more wise kind of notice like, oh, you know, they made a mistake. But because with me, I was like, they made a mistake. But the way they're handling it, I'm not I'm not doubting the company. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm like, OK, you know, fuck it. We'll move on and we'll do. I'll still buy Rocksteady games. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk about this Baldur's Gate. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Baldur's Gate is an old game. Okay. Um, it was one of my favorite games when I was a kid. Very old D&D uh, &D game, video game. Great story, everything. Um, they re-released it recently as Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition um, for the PC and, and what have you, but it also came out on tablets uh, for those who, you know, God forbid they sit in front of a computer. Um, <laughs> the popularity of the Enhanced Edition was so great that they are releasing um, an expansion to Baldur's Gate, which I thought was not only great, but also funny because the game's so fucking old. <laughs> So um, the name of the expansion is Siege of Dragonspear. Um, it's going to have about 25 hours of all new content. 
um, as well as the addition of the Shaman class. So they're even adding the class as well. Um, Mass Effect composer Sam Hullock um, has been recruited to add some credibility to the soundtrack as well. And if anyone's played Mass Effect, they know that music is fucking yeah. on point. Um, this will be released for Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, and Android tablets. That doesn't sound on the phone. That would be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what was the other bit? There was something else I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the original voice actors coming back. Um, from what I hear. No, not voice actors. I'm sorry. I'm so stupid. I remember because when I read this article at first, I was like, what the? Because it said the original cast oh, yeah. is coming back. And I was like, what? And I thought of a voice. It's because the person who wrote the article was trying to be cute. No. It's it's just the original characters you play as. It's it's the same team that you oh. play as. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, original voice. They might be dead. The game's fucking old. You know, so... <laughs> Um, but really cool. I'm I'm definitely wanting to get this uh, enhanced edition. I I don't think it's that much money either on Steam or whatever. Um, yeah, that's really it. I don't have much to say about that. I just thought it was pretty cool. You know. Yeah, it's funny. You never really see <laughs> expansion for. <laughs> but it kind of shows. It shows the quality of the game. I think too. Yeah. You know, because they re-release the game and it can't just be the nostalgic gamers that are picking it up. Yeah. You know, it has to be it's just that good of a fucking game. So whatever. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. Release, release me an expansion. I'm down. <laughs> oh man. All right. So moving on into comic news. Uh, it seems that even after DC did a major event and we're now dealing with their new world was not enough to keep Marvel from taking the top spot again in June. Marvel handily beat out DC Comics with a $40.86 share, percent dollar share, and 43.16 unit share for June. DC managed to bring in 25.6% dollar share and a 28.03 unit share. Uh, Secret Wars number three took the number one spot for the month. Good, actually, a really good issue. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man: Renew Your Vows number one came in second, while Star Wars six took the number three spot. Only two DC comics uh, did break the top five this month, with Justice League of America number one and Batman number forty-one, uh, both of which I have expected higher numbers, given that you know you have a Justice League of America number one and Batman's particularly uh rounding out the top half uh the bottom half of the top 10 was thor's number one darth vader number six x-men number uh x-men 92 number one justice league 41 and grouped number one uh marvel seems to be banking on the performance of secret wars and all their alternate universe mini series like spider-man x-men and thor's not only that, but the Star Wars properties are still running strong with Star Wars and Darth Vader comics are always in the top 10. Graphic novel and graphic novels, novels and trades, which is volume one from Image, took the top spot with Thanos, the infinite, um, infinity rel- uh, relativity from Marvel. Rounding out the top five was East of West, volume four, Image. Ms. Marvel, uh, volume three, crushed Marvel and civil war marvel seems like a lot of people are picking up with the upcoming uh captain america movie coming out yeah uh it seems that secret wars has the ball rolling for marvel but will it be able to keep it going marvel has a tendency to falter in later issues of their event runs uh but with issue uh four 
of Secret Wars uh, hitting retailers on July 1st and Renew Your Vows uh, just coming out this last week. It will be interesting to see how they keep the momentum going. Uh, speaking of which, tune in Friday for our uh, Geek in the Life because I'm actually going to review <coughs> uh, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number two on that show. So check that one out. Yeah, buddy. Here yeah, Marvel, Marvel's killing it right now. I, I think... Um they're enjoying a similar effect of when the new 52 came out for DC where things are so dramatically changing that everyone's jumping on board. Like, Oh shit, you know, what's going on? And, and and I think too, a lot of it's because they're taking some of their old stories and twisting them saying like, like was the new civil war that they have coming out right now. And which I read, which is actually really, a really interesting issue was what if it didn't end? What if it's still been going on for the last, you know, 15 years? And, you know, it shows the result of what happened and, you know, it uses the same premise, but how we had a different outcome and some of the heroes have died like Dagger and um, Daredevil and some of the other ones in this big battle and the United States is split. Tony, um, Tony Stark has the uh, from the Mississippi East and Captain America has the West side of the United yeah. States and really, really, really great book. Uh, so far so yeah 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 that's all i gotta say man okay you know as long as you're as long and keep on keeping on that's all i'm saying (laughs) i'm not i'm not stalling i'm just being dumb um but but i'm stalling right i'm just gonna um i'm gonna realize that my kids are being dumb (laughs) for one making noise and then uh i'm just gonna read this article so You know what's funny is that when you have kids, Mm -hmm. you know something that sometimes people who don't have kids don't know is that 90% of the time when a kid screams, it's for absolutely fucking nothing. Oh, yeah. There is no problem. There's no threat. They're just being an asshole. Right. You know, plain and simple. And that's what's happening right there. Anyway. Many may not know this, but (laughs) Atari used to have a series of comic books back in the 1980s. Uh, If you haven't already guessed, these books were based on the company's various video game properties, such as Asteroid Centipede, Crystal Castles, Missile Command, Tempest, and Yaz Revenge. Uh, Fast forward to 2015, and news is breaking that Atari and Dynamite Entertainment are teaming up to bring these comics back to print. Dynamite is committed to reprinting the old comics as well as bringing an all-new printing of the of DC Comics Atari Force, uh, which ran for 20 issues between 1984 and 1986. The original series had a lot of talent involved, such as Gary Conway, Ross Andrew, Roy Thomas, Dick, Dick Giordano, Mike DiCarlo, Mike Barron, Eduardo Barreto and Jose Luis Garcia's Lopez. <laughs> I love that name. Um, quote, quote, quote. We were excited to be teaming up with Dynamite Entertainment to bring a modern twist to a classic series of comics and tabletop books that are rich with historic art, uh, said Atari CEO Fred Chesnass in a statement. Um, Atari's roots in comic book. In the comic book world and iconic art 
is a collect. Why am I having such a hard time reading this? I have no idea. Ugh. Is a collector and video game enthusiast's dream. Our partnership is a fun way to expose our brand to a new generation and resonate with our longtime fans. Uh, Dynamite also plans a comprehensive retrospective hardcover book following Atari's history. The book will include details of game production and concept art, photos, and tons of behind-the-scenes info about the 40-plus years history of the Atari company. So that's kind of interesting. Mm. Um, Atari Force was uh, interesting. I've read a few of the older issues. It's... uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just weird. Like it's good, but it's weird. Um, it's so funny because I have a uh, the first issue of the old Atari Force as the image for the article at LazyGeeks.com, and at the bottom corner it says the new DC. There's no stopping us now. <laughs> Seventy five cents. Um, and it even says at the bottom, introducing the strangest uh, heroes of all. Wow! And if you look at the picture, you're yep. <laughs> so, uh, but that's cool. I mean, new comics are always good, and it it it's going to be cool to see kind of a lot of the old, you know, like the Asteroids books, and the, they they were popular in the eighties, right? So uh, reprintings are cool. You know, they probably will be really cheap. Yeah, or you can get you know hardcover books if you're into it. So nostalgia time. Yeah, always always nostalgia time. That's right. Yeah. All right, moving into tech news. And this is, isn't going to be so much more of news as more of, like, technology review. Um, about two weeks ago, just before we went on our break, uh, Apple released their Apple Music app, uh, which was quote, going to be either a game changer or a significant uh, competition for services like Spotify or Pandora or um, RDO, all of those uh, companies and a lot of people, of course, in tech, you know, came out and you know beforehand said, "Oh my God, this is this is great," or "Oh my God, this is amazing." I, now those are from, I always say, is you know, Apple lovers, and as I have an iPhone, I'm actually decided to give it a try and simply see how it actually works. Because for me, if you don't listen to streaming music while you're working or in a, it, it probably won't make a big difference for you but for me i i do a lot of data inputting and a lot of uh a lot of work online so a lot of times i put on my earbuds and then i just listen to music um to be honest the the apple when you get into the uh music app for for Apple, you actually have a radio, and that gives you Beats One, which is their DJ. Uh, it, it's basically standard radio, but they call it worldwide because whoa, yeah, because worldwide es- essentially means the United States, London, uh, and the places where music comes from. Yeah, that basically, you'll actually listen to basically Europe and North America, <laughs> right? Um, and the thing is, is that I think because we, this culture has gotten to the point where we listen to Spotify or uh, Pandora, non DJ music, and even some radio stations have gone that way. Like out here in LA, there's Jack FM, which is you know no DJs. It's just music all uh, 
just constant music rotation. It probably it, some people are liking it. To me, it's kind of like I don't like it when they talk over the music, and that happens on occasion that they talk I over hate the song when they talk over the song, or they're interviewing the artist of a song while the song is actually going on. It's like what um, you you start to realize that they don't really care about the music. Yeah, and you know, and they're talking about how great they are, but they're not allowing you to listen to the song. Uh, they talk before the song's over. It's like a regular radio station. And for those of you that grew up listening to a regular radio station, it's gonna get it's gonna remind you why you stopped listening to radio. However, they do have this cool little option for they actually have curated playlists. Um, now, when you sign up for it, it gives you a small selection, and I mean a small selection of artists that you tap that that you like. Some of them are it's like. Uh, you know, Drake or Taylor Swift or the Monkees or uh, ACDC. It's really random, you know, and, but the more you play it, the more playlists appear on there. And if you like certain artists, they actually give you curated playlists uh, from Apple of intros to certain bands like, uh, you know, it's like intros to like Elvis Presley or uh, Rush or you know Buddy Holly, Creedence Clearwater Revival, a lot of those. But the the one thing that I like about this is that you can literally download, you can save these playlists to play offline. So when you hit that, it'll download all the songs to your phone and allows you to listen to them without being connected to the internet. Um, so you can have multiple playlists that you're not limited to one. However, they don't save, obviously, to like your iTunes or anything like that because that's where the DRM is. But they allow you to actually download them to your phone and play them. So that's one of the cool things for me, especially going to work, is I can download a bunch of playlists to my phone and then listen to them at work. And then if you like a certain song, you can connect and then download that song, that album, right. whatever, whatever you want. Um, so for me, I think in a lot of instances, I think the – the for you section which is where these curated playlists come from is a little cooler than the actual radio but they do have a radio um, selection dedicated to certain you know like sound systems or pop or what they call a mixtape which is actually kind of cool it's a mixtape of you know different decades music all city country stuff like that uh they even have an espn radio uh and some of those are cool no djs but it's you know, it's like a streaming service. So I think if you, if, for the most part, if you have unlimited data or, you know, a high volume of data, you can stream the uh, Beats radio. But at the same time, you could also listen to iHeartRadio <laughs> just without commercials. Yeah. That's all you get with Beats radio. To me, the big highlight is the playlists. Uh, being able to download those playlists without having to own those songs, they come onto your phone and then you can listen to them at your own leisure without chewing up your database. So if you're if you are one of those that you know want to get into music, and I know Apple's built their thing around the whole exposing you to new music. Uh, sometimes, to be honest, new music isn't all that great. You know, I'll, true. but on the playlist, I have to admit there's been one or two songs that I'm like, ooh, I really like that song. So then, you know, I'll go to iTunes and then I'll download it, you know, or what have you. So, but uh, that's pretty much my, my review on it. Um, you sign up, it's free three months. But if you go into your settings, you can sign up for three months and then turn off the automatic renewal. 
So then it will expire at the three month mark. So like right now I have it till October. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of where that is. So, uh, to be honest, I don't think where you get some people that are saying it's the, it's great. You're going to love it. You're going to dig it. I don't think it's that great. I don't think it's revolutionizing music. I think it's only going to make it advantageous for people that have, you know, an iPhone or want to listen to more music or maybe get tired of your own playlist that you have on your, you know, on yours, which is, which happens from time to time. But I don't think it's one of those for being a paid service after this, you know, 10 bucks a month. I don't really think it's going to be that worth it. And this is just on the free on the free tip. So can only imagine how, how much I'll hate it when I pay month to month. Yeah, I mean, I I actually I just got off of a free trial um, for Google Music on oh, my yeah. phone, and um, it sounds very similar. I I liked Google Music because you could listen to anything you wanted, and as I mean, Apple Music is the same. You just search up an artist, you can listen to it. it had offline offline listening, which I never use, but it had it because um, I have unlimited data, so I don't. You know what I mean, but that's kind of yeah. rare. If you don't have unlimited data, offline, offline listening is great. Yeah. Um. It, it doesn't have a radio station with DJs, um, <laughs> which I think is a, an option I can definitely skip on. Um. I liked it. I and and I'm talking about Apple. I'm talking about Apple Music and Google Music now because they they're pretty similar. Yeah. I like these kinds of services because it allows you to discover new music very easily yeah um and and like you said modern most modern music is shit i'm sorry it's not an opinion either it's, it's a fact <laughs> it's a fact um scientific fact scientific right and studies. and i was looking you know i listened to a lot of uh older rock you know led zeppelin and um rolling stones and stuff i like the 70s and 80s uh and it it suggested a new band when I was listening to Led Zeppelin called uh, Royal Blood. And I listened, love it. Love the fucking band. And they actually, they're very similar to a band called Cream. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's only two guys. Yeah. Oh, nice. The bassist and the drummer. And you listen to it and you're like, this can't be two guys. They're fucking impossible. But it's amazing. I'm telling you. And um, I never would have fucking found them. Even if you hear that on the radio, I'm not going to remember it. Right, right. You know, so I, I'm actually thinking about paying for that service again because I'm kind of missing it. At work. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I know. pay for something? What? I know. It's ten, The thing is 10 bucks a month. Yeah. You know, so I'm kind of like, for, <sighs> yeah. And that's the thing is like people will sit there and say, well, it's 10 bucks a month. It's like, yeah, but you know what? I'm paying eight bucks for Netflix. And that, yeah. you know, it's like that kind of content. It's, I pay eight bucks for Netflix, and however, Hulu. And, however Hulu is. Yeah. And then if I, I'm playing an MMO, I'm pay for Xbox Live. I pay for PlayStation Plus. Like fuck, how many services do I need to fucking pay for? But that, but the, but where I was going with that is that yeah, I'm paying eight bucks a month for Google. I mean for Netflix, and I'm paying eight bucks a month for Hulu, where I'm getting television series. I'm getting video content, not audio content. I'm getting video content, and I'm paying two extra. You know two extra bucks a month to get audio content. Um, and you know what? As, as much as I watch movies compared to listening to stuff, you know, it's like I, I, for that, it's like I have to justify listening to it to pay 10 bucks a month. That's why like people say like, oh, well, why don't, you know, upgrade on Pandora for 10 bucks a month, you get no ads. You know what? The ads don't bug me that much. 
No, add the, the ads on Pandora are so far and in between anyway. Yeah, and they're so short. It's like yeah. you know, if it was like you know, like you see like a one minute product commercial like you see on like television where it's like the juicer yeah and it's like why is this commercial so abnormally long they paid for a full minute you know and it's you don't you don't get that feeling of like oh this is dragging it's like half the time you i'll use that time to like oh i'll pop an earbud out and then you know say something or do something that i need and then come back and the music's back on so yeah i i I mean i use um i have a samsung phone so i actually use milk oh yeah um which is essentially slacker yeah but it's it's a different interface, and there's far few commercials. Like you never, almost never have a commercial, and it's free. <laughs> nice. You know, the only thing I can't do is I can't pull up any song I want. Oh yeah. You know, and that was something I liked with uh, Google Music, but I don't know if that's worth ten dollars a month. Yeah. You know, so it is what it is. Dude. Mm. I enjoyed the free trial though. Thanks, Google. <laughs> anyway, um. I figured since we're talking about new stuff, why not uh, dive into some Windows 10? So, about a week ago, I think. Yeah. When did I? When did I tell? About a week ago. Yeah, about a week ago. About a week ago. Week ago. See, horrible music, modern music. <laughs> um, I installed the the preview of Windows 10. Um, I kept getting bugged about it, and I just was like, "Fuck it." Um. After a few updates, because it installs one build, and then you have to do another update and another update, I have to say I am thoroughly impressed with um, Windows's or Microsoft's uh, outing this go around. Um, a few things that I kind of wanted to touch on. Um, one is if you if you're a Windows Seven lover, which most people are, yeah. there really wasn't anything wrong with Windows Seven. You're gonna be right at home, um, yes. and 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 they made everything optional. So the the OS Microsoft's main thing right now is is one OS for everything, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Right. So there is a tablet mode. Yeah. But I don't have it on. Right. And it never. I did. I don't even notice it's there as an option unless I want it. Um, the start menu um, does have the tiles, the live tiles on the right side and then a does, more did, tra- does it look more like does it look like the preview shots that we had seen yeah it does yeah. yeah but even the live tiles on the right if you're completely against live tiles which i don't know why you would be right um you can turn that off and just have a traditional whatever fucking start menu um the start menu can also on the fly like it's a window i can change the size oh, it can nice. also be full screen when you click it if you want only if you want you know, um, there's no more right sidebar where you have to slide it down, and that was dumb. So that's not there anymore. Um, but in its place, and and you access this from the taskbar on the right next to the clock, is notification center. Um, and it's it's similar in a way where it has some hotkeys at the bottom which you can customize. Um, it's kind of funny because being that it's one OS for everything, like I can I can set up quiet hours. Why I, why I would do that for a PC, I have no idea. <laughs> but it's there because for tablets, phones, stuff right? Like, um, I can I can instantly jump into um, to OneNote. OneNote is stupidly integrated. It's just ridiculous. Like this this one is um, it jumps into the app, the OneNote app. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which the OneNote app is great. Like there, there's there's really nothing wrong with it. Um, and all apps, by the way, are in Windows now. I mean, you could do full screen if you want, but they're they're all in in Windows. Perf- work perfectly, just like any other thing would. Um, and the notification center too will also have like if you have Outlook uh, or if you use the Mail app, um, and it tells you, oh, you got a mail and you missed it. Just pull up the notification center. It's right there. It's much like a, a slide down on the phone. Um, oh, nice. Really fucking cool. Uh, I actually just started fucking with that today because when you have the preview, Windows feedback app will throw one. Out. Not It doesn't bug me, but like maybe twice a day. Like, would you recommend this to anybody? Is there anything that you're concerned about? You know, <laughs> Would you and recommend did... this? No, fuck you. <laughs> that... <laughs> and they did... They did give it to me for free, so I, you know, I tried, I try to give them, you know, some feedback. The only thing I've, well, I'll get into it in a second. But um, so a few things. One, and this is one of my favorite bits, is the Xbox app. So let me pull oh, it up yeah. right. First of all, Xbox app live tile. I got that in the start menu. It shows my, because um, I just recently got an Xbox One. It shows my uh, avatar, and stuff like that. Click on that, comes up. Everything comes up real snappy, real clean. It was a little glitchy when I first installed it, but obviously when I got the updates and stuff like that, everything was fine. Um, the Xbox app's cool. It kind of turns your friends and your Xbox activity into almost like a face, Facebook feed. And uh, it also um, shows off something that Microsoft's been doing. They've, they've softened up their thing. And this is a benefit for me because I'm, I'm a little light sensitive my eyes are abnormally light sensitive um so everything has a black background which to me is great you mm. know black background white text it just makes it easier for me to see I, I, no one's going to care but me um <laughs> so this will pull up your friends list. So it'll tell you who's on xbox live what they're doing um it will show you recently played games um and then activity feed like i see here uh, where I'm going to find one from Steve because he, he gets on here sometimes. So Steve unlocked an achievement. The Lajos most wanted kill 100 grunts and Halo the Master Chief collects this motherfucker don't play, homie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That and then nice. um, <laughs> That's right. But And it has all the selections on the side, my games, messages. You can communicate directly with people on the Xbox, like send them a message. Um, you can also, I can set my Xbox one cause it has a game DVR where it's recording, you know, you can record clips. I can, where it will send that directly to my computer on the network and I can access that all, or even if it's on the Xbox, I can access it from this app and watch the videos and I can share it and all that silly shit. Um, I can, if I had, I don't have cable, but if I had like my cable or satellite connected to the Xbox one, I can look at the one guide here oh, yeah. uh, and see, see what's on TV. Um, main thing though, is the connect, uh, connection with the Xbox. You can stream games from the Xbox one directly to your, your PC. And I did do this. Um, now my hardline, no, my Xbox one is not hardline. It does suggest to you, Mm. it says for best performance, you might want to hardline. And, um, I did notice a little bit of lag, but I'm blaming it on the Wi-Fi because I'm upstairs, okay? Oh, right, yeah. My computer is hardlined, my PC, of course. But my, my Xbox One is, is uh, Wi-Fi connected. Now, one thing that really disrupts 
Wi-Fi signals is when there's other things connected to Wi-Fi. Yeah. And it basically from from my router to the Xbox One, it passes every single piece of hardware that is connected. <laughs> so it's um I'm I'm right above it. Right. Above the Xbox. So it was pretty good. But I played um Arkham Origins. The I saw lag maybe twice and it didn't even it it didn't even affect me at all. I was playing perfectly fine playing with the Xbox One controller on the PC. Nice. And it was great because, I mean, you guys are the ones you just go down and play the Xbox. Well, my wife was watching TV downstairs, you know. Right. So it's – um, it, it it was really cool to be able to do that. It kind of – not everybody has this problem, but, of course, I have so many people in the house that sometimes I just can't – I don't have access to my console, yeah. especially since I have it on the TV downstairs. So now I always have access to my – unless somebody's using it. You can't use the Xbox One when you're <laughs> when you're streaming. Like actually, if you if you if I'm playing the game on the Xbox One, and you turn the TV on to the Xbox One, you'll see me playing the game. Oh shit! It's, it's not it's not like it's not you can use the Xbox right. at the same time. It's not like a dual. It's not like no, a dual tuner. It's not that fucking cool. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> um, but that's that. And then uh, Cortana. We you know we got to talk about Cortana. So. Cortana is really fucking cool. And I'm going to tell you why. At first, like most people, I thought it was just a gimmick, something fun. I asked it what the weather was. You know, silly shit. Right. Um, Cortana is... Now, Cortana is more useful on mobile devices, obviously. Now, I'm still waiting for... Cortana is going to be coming out for Android and iOS. Um as as an app because what i can do and and this was this was what was cool um usually i have problems with uh voice assistants because of my accent and i talk kind of fast now i still have to slow down a little bit when i speak but i don't have to change my accent it gets me and it learns as you go along so the way i get its attention is say hey cortana and it will pop up but i've noticed that when my wife comes in and says it it doesn't pop up hmm so none of your fucking friends coming in bullshitting with you and fucking up your shit. Hmm. I hated that. <laughs> um, By the way, I wonder how many people you've uh, you've activated their Cortana if they're listening to this over speakers. Probably none because it fucking works great. It didn't even activate on mine because I was in the middle of – wait. Hey, Cortana. There it goes. Is it going to rain tomorrow? Oh, it fucking – it's, it's hearing everything else. Uh, well, you guys can't hear her anyway, but um, – <laughs> So that was one thing. One thing I said, is it, is it going to rain tomorrow? Because I'm kind of testing it out. Uh, is it going to rain tomorrow? Like real casual fucking question. I'm not, I'm not, even, like, I'm not even talking to a machine. Right. Um, and it says it's highly un- – what did it say? It's highly unlikely that it will rain tomorrow, Adam. Here is the forecast for the week. And it just brings it up. It says Adam. You, know, you tell it what your name is. And obvi- My name's Common. So it's, it's – you know, if your name's Booba da Boo Boo, it might have a fucking <laughs> problem. But – um a big dick daddy (laughs) right one one cool thing is is how the reminders work so and this ties in the notification center i i was in the i have a snowball mic which i still need to get a fucking pop cap and a swing arm for but um it sits on my desk it's always on and i'm walking through my room because i was i was working on another computer on in the other side of my office it's not a giant office but you know think of a typical bedroom um and I just – I said, hey, Cortana, and it, it pops up. And then I go, can you remind me – because I had to go out. I was like, can you remind me to finish installing the graphics card today or tonight? 
and it says, sure, sure thing, Adam. When would you like me to remind you? And I said, eh, about two hours. It says, okay, I'll remind you at that. And it gave me the time. It was set perfectly fine. Now, the functionality of that, first of all, is so natural, you know, to say it. And that's great. Um, but the functionality of that is my computer reminded me. She, she told me. And it's in the notification. A notification will pop up. But if I had Cortana on the phone or very soon on the Xbox One as well, that's all integrated. So if I'm playing a game and I've completely lost track of time, my Xbox is going to go, hey, buddy, remember – you had to do this thing. That is fucking great. Cause mm-hmm. Steve knows I fucking I'll get on a game and I won't I'll look away and look at the clock, think five minutes pass by, it's been two hours. Like, what the right. fuck? Yeah, this you will know, give you so, a nice little reminder that hey, it's been two hours, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, Cortana is new. Um, there there are times when the timing is off where I'll say, Hey Cortana, it pops up and I just didn't speak quick enough and she yeah. just does, stops listening to me. <laughs> Minor, <laughs> right. Minor things, though. It's very well integrated. And moving on to our next thing, and Cortana goes right into this, it's integrated into um, Edge or Project Spartan, but it's Edge. It's Edge. I, I put Project Spartan in my article because when I first wrote the article, it was called Project Spartan because I hadn't upgraded yet. And then it changed when I upgraded. But um, Edge is, I'm actually using it right now. I have. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine tabs open currently. Um, why am I using Edge right now? Because it's faster and more stable than Chrome, in my experience, uh, currently anyway. Uh, again, it has the black, not on the web page, but it's it's kind of black. Everything looks ultra modern, you know, what Microsoft looks now. Right. Um, I know one thing I want to get out of the way. I know that ex- extensions or add-ons or plugins or whatever you want to say it um, will be a thing for, for Edge, and, and that's a new thing for Microsoft. I don't currently see that functionality implemented. Um, and it is Edge is kind of in a newer beta than Windows 10 is. So I expect certain things not to be on, so it's fine. But uh, what we do get is extremely fast. I mean, it loads web pages like you wouldn't believe. Um now, for functionality, it has a reading list, or I'm sorry, a reading mode. Um, this is kind of left over from the from a ta- from like the tablets and stuff. But basically, it just it it works for me. But what it does is it takes the main text of the window. So I'm on I'm on the lazygeeks.com right now, and obviously we have images on the side, other articles at the top bar. You press reading mode, it takes all that away, and it just shows the article, and it even changes the background to like a more paper-looking color. Um, so if you're reading through it, you know some text for school, something long, uh, that definitely can ease your eyes and just make it a little easier. It makes you focus on what you're, you know, so you don't have images switching around and stupid right. shit like that. Uh, favorites bar, obviously. Um, I like that they didn't go the way everyone else is going with a fucking weird. Everybody wants a weird fucking favorites bar now, but this one is just you hit the you hit the fucking star, and it says where do you want to put it? You put it there, you're good to go. Um, this one also has kind of its own notification center, and I think it's real clean and nice. But um, from left from left to right, you have your favorites, obviously, and it it is in a typical tree form. It's not weird. Um, it has the reading list, which I haven't used. I think it's just to save articles to read for later. It's kind of like a more detailed favorites, which right. is kind of dope. Uh, history and 
even Internet Explorer always, I think, had the best history layout. It was just easier to see, and you could sort it by date and time and all that silly shit. And your downloads actually show up right there, too, um, all your past downloads. You can pin it, or you can just tell it to fuck off. Um, you can make a web note. This is kind of cool. It's more for touchscreen, but you can write on any web page. So let's say I'm looking at something for school. I can highlight things. I can, you know, and I think this is going to be more for the tablet crowd or touchscreen laptop, but definitely it's OneNote. It's a OneNote overlay for Edge, mm -hmm. and it is really fucking awesome. And you can save it, and you can share it from there too. Very easy to pop in and out of it. Trying to go through, through this real fast. It's really just a fucking web browser. Um, other than that, it's just really solid, and I'm very impressed. And it does not feel like Internet Explorer. Even the it has obviously has the built-in pop-up blocker and stuff works very well. It's not weird. Like even IGN, IGN had that one full-screen ad, and it has the ads on the side, but it wasn't going crazy. I could actually read things, and it wasn't bugging the shit out of me. Um, yeah, the only problem I've had with Edge, and of course beta. I can't full screen a YouTube video. Like uh, it will play, it will play a YouTube video HD just fine. But if I full screen it, it freezes the video, but the audio keeps going. Mm. So that's what the feedback app is for. You're right. I let them know that that wasn't working, um, and they'll of course fix that. It's kind of a silly thing. Uh, moving on. Of course, I close the fucking article that I need. Okay. Um, last but not least, and this is a minor thing. Um, Gaming is a big deal for Windows 10. Now, it doesn't shove it in your face, but just to kind of prove that point, whenever you're playing a game, um, my, Windows 10 will detect that you're playing a game and you'll have access to what's called the game bar. Um, now, and obviously, if you're playing a game, it doesn't detect it. If you press the uh, shortcut keys to bring up the game bar, it will ask, is this a game? And you just hit yes, it goes, okay. And then it will detect it when you pull it up. I think I had to do that for Minecraft. Um, the game bar is pretty cool. It basically allows you to record games, vi game videos, screenshots, and um, I think a shortcut to the Xbox app too, um, all in that bar. And I did test it, and it works. It wasn't exciting, <laughs> but it does, it does what it's supposed to do. It it. I hit record. It recorded just the game. It didn't record anything else. Recorded the audio. You can tell it to record your mic if you have a mic plugged in, um, or not. You know, if you don't want it to record that. Uh, screenshots work perfectly fine. Of course, save to the pictures folder. Um, work great. And it was a great addition, especially for a PC gamer. And it's just gonna basically now you don't have to have an external program like uh, Fraps and stuff like that to record your game because these external programs cost money. For one, unless you're bootlegging or you're just using a trial that's going to put a fucking banner on your video. Now it's full HD video, functionality is built right in, no fucking issues. Um, and for the sake of prattling on and on about Windows 10, I'm just really impressed. I think that um, a lot of people that were kind of not impressed with Windows 8 are going to be very satisfied with this kind of more, more to form but also people who like to keep on the modern are going to be impressed because the changes are there. This is, to sum it up, this is if the Windows 7 development team developed Windows 7 in 2015, this is what they'd make. Hmm. That's pretty much the best way to sum it up. I so that's probably the, yeah, that's probably a great, great way to sum it up. <laughs> yeah, and um, you're all getting it. 
So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, but I, I did, I, I did really want to come on here and say that it's working great because I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to install it right away. Install it right away. There's no reason not to. Yeah. The only thing I had to do was I had to reinstall uh, some drivers uh, and move to the Windows 8 drivers for my uh, um, my internet and um, my USB hub, I think. So before you upgrade, download your drivers. Download the most current drivers, and you'll be good to go. And Windows helps you too. Because hey, the driver's not working. Did you have one? <laughs> you know, it's it's. It's you can feel you're on a much smarter OS, you know, and 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 it's not in your face. It stays out of your way, but it's in your face when you want it to be. Right. You know, so it's it's perfect. That's well, that's good. It sounds like Microsoft is actually allowing you to have a choice now. Everything's everything's optional pretty much, and you can tell that they really listen to people when when they were complaining about Windows 8 and stuff like that. And everything is pretty much, you can tell every feature. You can almost remember someone asking for it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's right. it's it's um, it's really good. Cool. All right. Well, uh, many times people, companies, or someone does something that's straight up bitch. This is a section of the podcast called this week's this bitch, and this week's this bitch is a oh, very much a long time bitch. I mean, long, long time. If you if you've listened, I just, saw, I just I'm sorry. I just you saw just the saw that you sent me, <laughs> and it's so true. I I sent Adam this uh this meme that was has this girl like standing behind her I guess husband boyfriend whatever who's leaning like lustfully at the computer screen and she's all feeling dejected and shit. And the caption reads, "Day two, he's still watching the Super Batman versus Superman trailer." <laughs> so funny and nope. i've seen that trailer about a hundred times at oh this yeah point. it's ridiculous i watched it on, i watched it on i watched it on my phone i watched it on my laptop i watched it on my tv yeah <laughs> <laughs> through the tv's net uh through the tv's youtube app through my uh my playstation's youtube app you know any anything that has access to youtube i have so many devices that play videos and i need to watch <laughs> at least once on every one <laughs> I just got to hack into my brother's computer and watch it on his. That's right. So, <laughs> all right. So this week's This Bitch, and if you've been listening to our shows for a long time, you'll recognize the name Leland Yee. Hmm. For, <laughs> uh, it's just some kind of like, you know, if you don't believe in karma, <laughs> this should make you believe in it. Right. Uh, for, former state senator Leland Yee has had quite a fall. We have been following him since we started this site nearly five years ago, and we talked about him on previous shows. This was a man that fought against video game violence because he thought it would harm more youths of this country, not thinking that helping smuggling guns into this country would harm harm them more than any version of Grand Theft Auto would. Nah. Nah, of course not. On Wednesday, he pleaded guilty to racketeering charges in connection with two criminal enterprises during an afternoon appearance in a federal court in San Francisco. He currently faces the possibility, probably not since our justice system favors political officials and celebrities, 20 years in federal prison and a fine of $250,000 plus restitution for each of the two counts. Sentencing will be handed down on October 21st, 2015. Quote, Mr. Yee must now live with the consequences of betraying the trust that was placed in him when he became a public servant. U.S. State, uh, U.S. Attorney Melinda Haig said in a, pre- in a uh, prepared statement, "It is 
particularly disappointing and troubling that our elected officials violate their obligation to fairly represent their constituents. Uh, this office will continue to devote the resources necessary to ensure that our, our elected officials govern within the law. For those that are not in the know, Leland represented, uh, was a representative for San Mateo and part of San Francisco. He's also a Democrat and was a vocal opponent of video game violence. He was the leader for a change to get violent video games banned and develop a special law that would have games like Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, and others treated like pornography. In a 2005 bill, which was the basis for Schwarzenegger versus Entertainment Merchants Association, a 2011 Supreme Court decision that ruled that video games were protected under the First Amendment of the Constitution. His downward fall occurred in 2014 when he and defendant Keith Jackson were arrested on accepting bribes, extorting money, and offered to smuggle weapons from the Philippines into the United States for undercover FBI agents who thought they were connected to the New Jersey mob. Uh, according to the indictment, he and Jackson raised campaign funds for both Yee's Secretary of State uh, campaign and mayoral run um, on a range of requests. It would seem that Yee's passion to protect our children was a smokescreen to cover up his illegal activities. Figuring that he was doing good to keep violence away from our children, no one would expect him to sell out his own convictions for money. The plea agreement would have him pleading guilty to racketeering and all other charges to be dismissed. Glad this guy went down. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just... <sighs> He's talking about video games so you weren't paying attention what he was really doing. Exactly, because he was using the traditional smokescreen of, for the kids. Yeah. For the kids. Pay attention to, pay attention to this so you're not watching me do this. Yeah, what's great too is if you uh, if you look at the picture to this article on the Lazy Geeks, uh, it's Leland Yee, uh, the the standard Lee Leland Yee image with him holding Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, and Assassin's Creed <laughs> for past gen games. Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, all games that feature the crime that he is being committed of. Yes, yes. So um, maybe he maybe maybe he was right. Maybe he played those games too much. Nah, and it affected him to think like I can do this. Yeah. See? Yeah, yeah you know. He was just trying to warn us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Seriously, and 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 that's what makes it worse is that one he's a, he's a political official. Yes, I know there's some politicians that are crooked, but that doesn't mean it isn't worse when right. someone who is elected to have your best interests involved are fucking you over. Especially with, and with a crime like that, you know, the yeah. violence and stuff like that. Well, I, I'm it, sure his logic was, well, I'm not releasing it into our cities. It's going to be on the East Coast so they can fucking deal with yeah, it. Yeah, because we're not in the same country or anything. Right. And also, <laughs> his his whole thing is, um, his whole thing is, oh, these video games are dangerous for children. Not the guns that he's bringing into the country. Right, of course not. You know, getting shot is fine. Yeah. But God forbid you hear a bad word in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Give me a fucking break. I hope he goes to prison for a long time. <laughs> yeah, if he goes to prison, I'd like to see who his prison cellmate would be. <laughs> it's going to be someone. It's going to be a Grand Theft Auto fan watch. I know. Oh, yeah, you wanted to ban this one, huh? How about we, how about we play some hot coffee? <laughs> DLC injected. <laughs> it's going to get weird. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to recommend it, this bitch for the podcast, please recommend it on Twitter at the Lazy Geeks using hashtag this bitch. 
All right. So if you liked what you heard, then go ahead and subscribe to this podcast and subscribe once and you'll automatically receive all our content, two shows twice a week. Make it extremely easy for you guys and spread the word. Okay. We only do so much. Uh, let people know about it and, you know, they'll thank you for it later. They will. They really, they will. really will. Huh. And uh, because we only think about you, literally, I don't think about my own family at this point. Yeah. Okay. Um, please. <laughs> Not that he did before. He's keeping right. that out, but, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, leave us a comment over on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get our show from. Um, also, if you subscribe directly from the website, of course, you can head back over to that website. Leave us a comment on there, thelazygeeks.com, just in case you forgot where it was. Um, we love comments, just comments. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty fun comments over the last couple of weeks. So yeah, that that's been good, especially for our latest Star Trek episode. If you guys haven't checked that out, you need to. The away team, it's it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. It will change your <laughs> fucking life. You will have a religious experience. Yeah. So maybe a sexual one too. Yeah. Hey, and you're welcome. Uh, and if you have some ideas or topics for the show don't be afraid to share them with us there are no stupid ideas just stupid people so you can hit us up on pretty much every social media outlet looking for the lazy geeks one word that's on facebook twitter instagram google plus snapchat uh go ahead find us on all of those and uh you know you know follow us there talk to us we like talking to people right and if you do not want to use any of those things. If you're off the grid. If you're off the <laughs> grid a little bit, you can send us an email, thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. Basically, what we're trying to say, if you say it's too difficult to contact us, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, right, right. There's too many ways to – truth be told, I, I think there's far too many ways to contact us. <laughs> so. Uh, it sounded like you said the geeks. Because <laughs> we're about that Because we're about that life. That's right. <laughs> All right, that is it for this week's edition of the Lazy Geeks Podcast. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Peace out. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.